Hi, I'm back. I'll be reading from the from the Watchtower Watchtower magazine. I'll be reading the article called "Did You Know What What Evidence Exists Outside the Bible That the Israelites Were Slaves in Egypt?" The Bible reports that after the M I D I A N I T E S took Joseph to Egypt, the patriarchs Jacob and his the patriarch Jacob and his family moved from Canaan to Egypt. They settled in the region of Egypt called G-O-S-H-E-N in the Nile Delta. Genesis chapter chapter 47 verses 1 to 6. The Israelites kept on multiplying and growing mighty. So the Egyptians grew fearful of the Israelites and forced them into slavery. Exodus chapter 1 verses 7 to 14. Some modern critics had marked the above, the above Bible account calling it a myth. Still, evidence does exist that S E M I T E S lived as slaves in ancient Egypt. In ancient Egypt. The footnote reads The name S E M I T E comes from S H E M, one of Noah's three sons. The descendants of Shem likely included the E L A M I T S. The Azarians, the early Chaldeans, the, the, the Hebrews, the Syrians, and various Abrian, A-R-A-B-I-A-N tribes, and a footnote. For instance, archaeologists have found all the ancient settlements in northern Egypt. Dr. John B-I-M-S-O-N reports that there was evidence of 20 or more S-E-M-I-T-I-C settlements in that area of northern Egypt. Moreover, E-G-Y-P-T-O-L-O-G-I-S-T James K. James K. H-O-F-F-M-E-I-E-R says, for a period roughly from 1800 to 1540 B.C. Egypt was an attractive place for the S-E-M-I-T-I-C speaking people of Western Asia to migrate, he adds, the span of of time co- coincides with the traditional P-A-T-R-I-R-I-A-R-C-H-A-L period and therefore fits the period and circumstances described in Genesis. There was additional evidence from southern Egypt. A papyrus dated to the Middle Kingdom C-2000 to C-1600 B-C-E contains names of slaves who worked in a household in southern Egypt, more than 40. Others' names are S-E-M-I-T-I-C. Those slaves or servants worked as cooks, weavers, and laborers. H-O-F-F-M-E-I-E-R observed since over 40. S-E-M-I-T-S were, 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 attached, were attached to the single, single estate in the T-H-E-B-A-I-D, southern Egypt, the number the the number across Egypt, especially in the Delta, was likely considerable. Archaeologist David R H O H L writes that some of the names of the slaves on the li- on the on the list leap straight out of the pages of the Bible. For instance, the fragments contain names that are similar to such names as I S S A C H A R. A S H E R N S H I P H R A H Exodus chapter one verses verses three, four 
and 15. This is real evidence for the time when the, Israel, when, when the Israelites were in Egypt as slaves, concludes R-O-H-L. Dr. B-I-M-S-O-N states, The biblical traditions of the bondage in Egypt and of the Exodus have a firm historical basis. End of article. Hi, I'm back. I'll be reading from the Joe Osteen breakout, Five Keys to Go Beyond Your Barriers and Live an Extraordinary Life. We're up to chapter 24. Chapter 24, Put Actions Behind Your Faith. The scripture tells us there was a paralyzed man who spent his days in bed. One day he heard that Jesus was in a nearby town teaching in in a private home. He asked four of his friends to carry him to that home. When they arrived, it was so crowded they couldn't get in. They gone to great lengths to get there. I'm sure the four men were tired. The soldiers were sore. Their backs were hurting. They'd, they hurried to get there. So when, so when they, they couldn't. They couldn't get in. They were let down and disappointed. They could have easily given up and thought, too bad, it's not going to happen. But the paralyzed man was not about to give up. He said to his friends, take me up on the roof, tear a hole in it, and and then lower, and then lower, lower me down so I can have a front row seat. They hoisted him up on the roof. Jesus was in the middle of his sermon and dust began to fall from the ceiling. People looked up, thinking, What in the world is happening? All of a sudden, a tire came off, then another and another. Finally, they lowered this paralyzed man into the room, all curled up on his bed, right in front of Jesus. Right in front of Jesus. The scripture says in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, When Jesus saw their faith, that's my question for you. Do you have a faith? That God can see? Are you doing something out of the ordinary to show God you you believe him? It's not enough to just ask. It's not enough to just believe. Like the paralyzed man, you have got to do something to demonstrate your faith. Jesus looked at the paralyzed man and said, Wise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately the man rose from his bed, picked up his mat, and went home perfectly well. There's all this all started when he when he did something so that God could see his faith. Don't you don't you know? There were other people in the room who didn't get what other people had the same opportunity. The difference was this man put actions behind his belief. God is looking for people who have faith that he can see, not a faith that he can just hear, not a faith that just believes, but a faith that is visible, a faith that is demonstrated. One day, after a Lakewood service, I talked to a gentleman who had smoked cigarettes since he was in high school. He looked to be in his mid-40s. He'd been smoking three packs a day for the last 10 years. He smoked the same amount without giving it, giving it a thought every day. He wanted to quit. He had prayed. He had believed. He had friends and relatives trying to help him. They encouraged him to give up smoking, but nothing worked. But nothing worked. Then one day he heard this principle, you have to put actions behind your face. So he started taking simple actions every day to break his nicotine habit. Whenever he opened a new bag, he would immediately throw 
throw away three cigarettes. This was his way of saying, God, I'm trying. I'm, I'm not. I'm not just asking for your help. I'm not. Just believing, just believing that I'm free of this addiction. I, I am not just hoping that one day I will stop. I'm taking it one step further and showing you, I mean business, by putting action behind my faith. The action you take does not have to be something big. It could, it could be just a small step to show, to show God your faith. After a couple of months of throwing out three cigarettes from each pack, he was he wasn't missing them anymore, so he doubled up and every day and every day began throwing out six from each pack from each pack. Eventually he got to where he could eliminate a whole pack a day. So he kept cutting back more and more. Several years after he first took action to break his addiction, he realized the cravings were gone. He no longer smokes at all. Joe, I haven't felt this good in thirty years, he told me. Here's my point. He could had prayed, had prayed 24 hours a day for God to take away his addiction. He could have believed it would, it would just happen one day and last for the rest of his life. But the power came when he took it one step further and showed God he meant business by putting action behind his faith. Are you doing something to show God you're serious about your dreams coming to pass? God is not moved by our deeds. He's concerned about our needs, but God is moved by our faith in God sees you doing what you what you can to get well. When He sees you getting to getting to work a little earlier because you want that promotion. When He sees you bypass the cookie jar because 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 you have been believing you will lose weight. That is when that is when extraordinary things will happen. Like the man who took small steps to kick his nicotine addiction, you will find that you have a power to do what you couldn't do before. You will see faith and opportunity that will thrust you to a new level when, when you take action to show your faith. When my sister Lisa was about three years old, she wanted to go to the office with my father. She heard my dad saying he was, he was going to the church and she asked to go with him. He said, no, Lisa, I will take you some other time, but not today. I have meetings and I'm going to be busy maybe tomorrow or next week. But Lisa wouldn't take no for an answer. She didn't want to go some other time. She wanted to go that day. She was so determined. She ignored my father, went back to her room, got dressed as if she were going with him. You, you would have thought she, you would have thought she hadn't heard a word my father said. His negative response simply didn't register in her mind. In her mind. After dressing, Lisa heard the back door open. She realized our father was about to leave. She took off. She grabbed her shoes, going for speed. My father turned around and saw his little three-year-old daughter suddenly dressed and struggling to put her last shoe on. His heart melted. He couldn't say no. Come on, Lisa. You can go with me, he said. What made the difference? He saw he saw her faith. When he, when he saw how badly she wanted to go, when he saw how determined-minded she was, when he saw when he saw her going, going all well to prepare herself, he was so touched he changed his mind and, and allowed her to go with him. Lisa's actions spoke louder than her words. She could, she could have begged him all day. She could have sat in a... In a corner pouting, N- neither of those approaches would have worked. Our father wasn't moved by begging or by pouting. He was moved 
when he when he when he saw when he saw little Lisa's faith. God is the same way. Can he see your faith? It's one thing to ask for God's help. It's one thing to believe he loves you. But if you want to get God's attention, take it one step further and put actions behind your faith. A man I know, a, a man I know, felt called into the ministry. He took a step of faith by winning the small auditorium of a high school for his first service. He invited his friends and neighbors to come, and he spread the word through the town's newspaper. Newspaper. He was so excited. The first big meeting started at seven o'clock. He couldn't wait to see how many people were going to come. But at six thirty, there was no one. Six forty-five was still no one. The clock struck seven o'clock p.m. and the auditorium was empty. Not a soul in the seats. My friend was alone on stage. The only other person was a technician in the sound booth. He was so disheartened. He felt like going home and calling it quits. But just as he was about to give up, to give up. Something rose up on the inside, a holy determination. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going home a failure. I have prepared my message, he thought. I have taken this step of faith, so I'm giving it my all. He went up on the platform without one person in auditorium seats. He preached as if the place was back. He went on for over an hour, doing his very best. At the end, he even gave an altar call and invited people to receive Christ. He looked as if he was just going through the motions later. He told me he felt like a fool and a total failure. But as he finished his altar call, his altar call invitation, a side door opened, and this older gentleman who was part of the cleaning crew walked down to the front, shook the young minister's hand, and said, I want to accept Christ. The man told him later, it wasn't your message that got to me, it was the fact that you preached your heart out without a person in the room. A few seconds after the janitor came down, the sound technician joined them saying, I want to make a commitment to Christ. The young minister went home that night, not feeling like a failure at all. Instead, he knew the hand of God was on his life. That was, that was a turning point. Door after door opened to him after after that today. He has a church with thousands of people in the congregation. He travels the world ministering. When God can see your faith, extraordinary things are going to happen. The scripture tells us that a group of leapers once saw Jesus passing by. They came over and said, Jesus, please make us well. Jesus could have healed them right there, right there easily enough. But he asked them to do something to express their faith. He said, Go show yourselves to the priest. To the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their diseases. Jesus asked them to do something that they were not allowed to do by law. They were not they were not supposed to be to be near other people. They had a contagious disease and were considered unclean. I'm sure they debated whether to follow his instructions. So we do what he he asked us to do. My skin doesn't look any different. I'm not well. Why should I go? Why should I go? But they put action behind their faith. The scripture says, as they went, they were cleansed. In other words, if they had, if they had not, ha- if they had not, if they had not had the courage to demonstrate their faith, then they would not 
have seen God's goodness. As they started down the road, I can't imagine every few blocks they said, Look, I'm getting a little better. Another mile. Can you see it? I think my skin is clearing up. They just kept moving forward, demonstrating their faith. And by the time they reached the priest, they were perfectly normal. A lot of times we want change without taking action. God opened all the doors. Then I will step out. Give me the power to break this addiction. Then I will cut back. Give me the big crowds. And then I will launch my ministry. Let my husband straighten up. And then I will start treating him better. Yet God says as you go, as you show me your faith, then I will give you what you need. Lakewood Church was still in its Lakewood Church was still in its first small auditorium back in 1972. It held 270 people, and it was very crowded during most services. We needed a bigger building. My father had some plans drawn for a building that that would seat 1,000 people. It was estimated to cost about $200,000. One Sunday, he took a special offering for the church's building fund, and the donation and the donation. And the donations were right at $20,000. Month after month went by. As my father waited for the rest of the funds to come in, the donations, the, the donations trickled in a few hundred dollars here and there. And that way, Lakewood would ha- have needed another five or ten years to raise all the money needed for a new church. One day, an old friend of my dad's came by, John. What are you still doing in this little building, he asked. You have got to to have more room so you can grow. My father said, I know that, but I don't have the money. How much do you have? I only have $20,000, my father replied. My father replied, that's just enough for the foundation. The man looked at my father and said, very strongly, John, pour the foundation and watch what God would do. He was saying, put some actions behind your faith. My father got his courage up and they bore the foundation. Before long, the money came in for the steel and then for the exterior. It wasn't any time before the whole building was up and totally paid for. Totally paid for. What happened? Just like those leapers, my father took a step and saw God's goodness. As he demonstrated his faith, he saw God show up in amazing ways. You may have, you may have a dream that's on hold, like my father. You have waited and waited for for everything to fall into place, thinking once, thinking once it does, then you then you will stretch and then you will make a move. And yes, it's good to have a plan. It's good to stay in God's timing, but you cannot, but you cannot not wait around your whole life. At some point, you have got to say, "I'm taking a step of faith to put actions behind what." I believe and I'm going to show God I'm serious about fulfilling my destiny. When I was growing up, my father traveled overseas for ministry work, for ministry work, often for weeks at a time. My mother stayed home to take care of all five of us by herself, and my father was away on these long trips. In, in a, on these long trips, in, invaluably, a couple of us kids would would either get sick or have some kind of accident that made it even harder on our mother. One time, I cut my leg playing in a little league baseball game, and I had to get stitches. It seemed like the like these little emergencies always occurred when my father was away. My mother began to dread and leaving. If he had a a trip plan, 
we seemed to catch cold or want a fever before he started packing. My mother would think, here we goes again. Here we goes again. My father got fed up. He said, God, I'm going away to do. God, I'm going away to do your work to help people. And here my own family is falling apart again. My father was bold, so he decided he would make sure God could see his faith. Instead of just praying over us, he asked all of us kids to come outside. The oldest Paul was about 13 and the youngest. April was about three. At the time, he lined us up from the oldest to the youngest, and we had to grab the soldiers of the person in front of us like a choo-choo train. My mother and father stood at the front. Our dad led us around the pyramid of our property, saying, Father, I want to thank you that no weapon formed against my, against my family will prosper. And you said your angels will watch over them, and no sickness will come near our dwelling. He had us repeat his words, no sickness, no disease, no accidents. We were in the backyard, and I was hoping, and I was hoping he wasn't leading us out to the front yard. The, na- the neighbors already thought we were crazy. We were about to prove them why so and my father marched us right out to the front. I was so embarrassed. I had my head down. I saw friends going by, going by still, and neighbors looking out the windows, cars slowing down. Do you know from that day forward, when my father went on those long trips, we never got sick again while he was gone. We never had... Any more of those accidents when mom ha- had us on our own years later when we were trying to acquire the former C-O-M-P-P-A-Q Center to be our church. Victoria and I would go, would go to it at night when, no, when nobody would see us and walk around it. We took at the arena saying, Father, thank you that this building is ours. Thank you that you are fighting our battles for us. Thank you that you are making a way. Well, there is no way. Can God see your faith? Are you doing anything to demonstrate your trust? It's not enough to just pray. It's not enough to just believe. The scripture says, faith by itself. If if it is not accompanied by actions, it's dead. I know good people who have faith and love God, but but they are not living an abundant life. They have faith, but it's not. But it's not doing what it should be doing. It's not helping them overcome obstacles. It's not helping helping them accomplish dreams. Why is that? Their faith is dead. They are not putting any actions behind it. So it's not activating God's favor. It's not activating God's goodness. Your actions doesn't have to be something big. When you go to work each day and, and give it 100%, that's demonstrating your faith sometimes. Just getting up in the morning and putting a smile on your face is putting action behind your faith. Just the fact that you go to church is an action of faith that God can see. You could be resting, working, running errands, but when you take time to honor God, He knows it. Right now, reading this, you are putting action behind your faith. That tells me your faith is not dead. Your faith is alive. Your faith is activating God's power. Your faith is allowing God to fight your battles. Your faith is opening the door for the extraordinary. I heard about this lady diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She was trying to stay to stay positive and hopeful, but she was so afraid. She had two children. The doctors had given her only a a fifty a fifteen percent chance of surviving. She prayed and believed, and she had friends and family supporting her. One day, somebody gave her a little gray walk 
with the words, Expect a miracle written on it. We have seen little trinkets with scriptures on them and such. But when she was given that simple walk, something on the inside came alive. Came alive. Her faith was ignited. She knew, it's going to happen to me. I'm going to be well. From then on, if you will, she went. She kept that walk with her all during the day. She would keep it in her pocket at night. When she went to bed, she put the walk right by a pillow. It was a reminder to thank God that he was walking and to thank him that he was restoring her health. The little walk in itself was nothing special, but it was her way of putting actions behind her faith. When God looked down and saw her always carrying that walk, he recognized the faith that he could not, that he could not just hear, but a faith that he, that he also could see. The woman went through chemotherapy and several surgeries. After months of fighting the good fight, it, it came time for for her doctors to perform biopsies to determine whether the treatment had worked. The doctors examined 100 different places where they thought it could have spread. They told her not to get her hopes up. There was little or no chance. They were they would all all come back cancer free. She went she went to the exams with her walk right by her side. When she woke up after that procedure, she saw a beautiful older lady dressed in a bright way, white dress. She thought she was enough. The lady said very gently, "Are you the one expecting a miracle?" This cancer patient was kind of was kind of groggy, but through the haze, she wondered how this strange lady could know that she was hoping for a miracle. She answered, "Yes, I am." The lady in the white dress handed her a small plaque that read, "Miracles happen every day." When the patient read it, she felt a warmness. All go through her body. The next thing she remembered, the next thing she remembered was waking up and seeing her husband leaning over her with a big smile. He said, "Honey, that was also when there was no cancer in any of the one hundred biopsies. She never found out who that lady in white was, but she still has the plaque on her wall. Miracles happen every day." Let me challenge you to have a faith that God can use. Put actions behind what you believe. It's not enough to just pray, not enough to just believe. Take it one step further and demonstrate your faith. You may not see how your dream could could ever work out, but like those leapers, as you take steps of faith, you will see God begin to open new doors. You will have the strength to do what you could not do. You will see his favor in unusual ways. Okay, that's the end of chapter 24. Okay, bye.